You're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rosen. I'm a fellowship-trained, board-certified orthopedic surgeon who specializes in knee replacement. Here I'll talk to you about common knee complaints and other orthopedic issues. We'll cover other important health-related topics, all of which are meant to helpfully answer some of your questions and help improve the quality of your life. Thanks for listening, and on with the next episode. Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen, and you're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. On today's episode, I want to go a little bit further down the leg to the Achilles. Uh, This is a thing that I commonly get asked about, uh, both by patients in the office and friends and family. Um, And when you break it down, there's really three basic kind of injuries or kind of problems that you can have with the Achilles. So I'm going to try to go through that and more. Um, So, you know, what is the Achilles? You know, we're we remember from uh, mythology, you know, Achilles being dipped in the river, and that was the the spot where his mother had held him um, by the heel, and that was sort of his weak spot. And, you know, actually is some truth to that uh, in the anatomy of the Achilles, because there's this area that we call this watershed region, because the Achilles is actually this tendinous unit that attaches to the heel bone or what's called the calcaneus. And there's a blood supply from the bone that comes up through the actual tendon. And then higher up in your calf muscle are the muscles. And the muscles also have a good blood supply, which travels down into the tendon. But right where the blood supply from above and the blood supply from below tend to meet, that is what we call the watershed area. That's the area that has the least amount of blood flow and commonly the area where the Achilles can rupture. More often, though, I get people that will come in with what's called Achilles tendonitis. So what is that? That is pain in your Achilles region. Um, Typically, it's of short duration. A couple days from a a busy, long weekend, the weekend warrior sort of analogy. Or maybe you've just been doing a little bit more stuff in the past couple weeks, increased your walking to try to increase your exercise program, and you've had a few weeks of Achilles heel pain. So it can really be in a couple different areas. either on the bone or in some part of the tendon. So if you have pain and tenderness right where the Achilles inserts to the top back portion of the heel bone, we call that insertional Achilles tendonitis. And tendonitis, just being tendon is the actual structure and itis is the inflammation of that. You can have an intrasubstance tendonitis and that's that watershed area that I talked about before. So that's really mid-substance of where the tendon belly is. And then you could have tendonitis a little bit higher up, what we call myotendinous, which is where the muscle inserts or blends into the top of the tendon. So that tendonitis can really occur in one of three different areas. And typically the treatment is conservative. So if there's not a reason for you not to take anti-inflammatories, you know, reasons would be ulcer disease, kidney disease, blood thinners, or other issues like heart disease that you have to check with your doctor. But if there's not a reason to not take an anti-inflammatory, typically a three to seven day course of an over-the-counter anti-inflammatory is a great way to reduce the inflammation. The idea of icing tends to help with most acute injuries, or sometimes people will use the idea of contrasts, which is where you'll use heat for a couple minutes, followed by ice for a couple minutes, and back and forth and back and forth. And then you can do stretching, so gentle stretching to stretch out the heel. There's two main muscles in the back there, the gastroc and the soleus, and there's two main ways that you can stretch this. So the typical hurdler stretch where you'll see someone's hands are on the wall, 
let's say we're stretching the right leg, so the left foot is a little bit closer to the wall, knee bent, your right leg is straight with your heel out, and you're trying to get your heel flat on the floor, you'll feel that gentle stretch. And then there's another stretch where you can put both feet together, hands on the wall, and typically your feet will be about a foot from the wall, and you just bend at the knees, and you'll feel that stretch in a different muscle up in the upper calf. So those two stretches gently throughout the day can help relieve inflammation, um, help stretch out the tendon unit, along with the ice and the heat and the anti-inflammatories, and identifying if there was a particular activity or thing that you did that aggravated the symptoms is modifying that activity. And most of the time, these acute short-term inflammatory episodes should go away and resolve. Now, if someone has severe tendonitis, so maybe we tried those things for a week or so and they're still in pain, they can barely walk, that's where we may do a short trial of some immobilization um, or even protect the weight bearing. And that's usually those removable cam walker boots or walking boots that you'll see people in. And usually that tends to go away on its own. Now, if not, that's where formal physical therapy may be helpful because they have other tricks and modalities that they can use to reduce the inflammation. But once you've treated the symptoms, usually should go away once you've got a good stretching protocol in place. Now, the next thing that we commonly see is what's called chronic tendinosis. So chronic meaning it's more than just a couple days or a couple weeks. It's been there for a while. This is a person that may have had Achilles tendonitis five or six times in their lifetime, and now they've had this either flare-up of this chronic condition or persistent symptoms. Now, the main difference, in addition to the time, is typically these people will have a nodule. And what's happened is these they've had these microscopic tears, and the body has tried to heal these microscopic tears. And if you feel the back of your heel cord, the actual Achilles unit, in some people you'll feel these nodules. And sometimes I can actually see them. They're large enough that you can actually see these lumps sticking out. And most of the time, that's due to these chronic attritional changes that have occurred over multiple episodes, and now is left with this chronic scar tissue. So again, if they have the acute flare-up, we'll still treat it the same way. Anti-inflammatories, ice, stretching, occasionally immobilization. Now, in someone that's got more chronic, what we call that, again, that tendinosis, you can immobilize them for a period of time, usually calms it down. But sometimes, and it's rare, but these people may have refractory symptoms. Everything else has failed, and they're really limited with any walking or any activity due to these chronic changes. That's where occasionally you can go in and debride the tendon, where you actually make an incision, open up the tendon sheath, clean out this debris that just looks abnormal. This is abnormal scar tissue or attempted healing, and then close the tendon up. However, if you're removing portions of the tendon, you can also weaken the tendon, and then that tendon is at risk of rupturing. So occasionally what we'll do is do a transfer of another toe tendon to basically help take over control of the Achilles if you've removed or debrided a larger portion of it. Now, the other, which for the most part is more kind of acute traumatic, and most people recognize there's a problem, some people don't, is the acute Achilles tendon rupture. Now, if you look at the studies and the history, we're always taught that most people that rupture have a history of tendon problems, tendonitis or tendinosis, or most commonly it's bilateral. And actually, in reality, I've asked a lot of my patients and most of them when they come in with an acute Achilles tendon rupture, never had any symptoms whatsoever. You know, I do get the rare person that had problems or had the other one torn a year or two ago, but the majority of patients I've taken care of over the years have really never had a problem until this one episode. 
And it usually occurs from a sudden forceful contraction of that muscle. Sometimes if someone's running or splinting or hopping or jumping, that forceful contraction will make the tendon rupture. Most common, again, is the watershed region. So this is right in the middle of the tendon, the muscles above and the tendons below. Um, And for the most part, they're a little bit easier to repair because you have good structure above and below. It's rare, but it can pull off the bone. And it's in the middle uh, as far as how how common it is, is from the muscle. But most commonly, it tears in the intra substance. So how do you know? Most patients will hear or feel a loud, loud pop. If you feel right away, you'll actually feel a hole or a defect. Over time, it will swell. So sometimes within hours, it'll fill in with blood so that unless you're pushing hard enough, you won't really feel a big hole there. And the big thing is, you know, if you're standing on your feet and you go to push off with that foot, you'll have no strength. You won't be able to push off. I've even asked people if I had to diagnose sometimes over the phone and the pain was tolerable, I'll have them just stand on that leg because you're not putting any pressure on the Achilles and then ask them to try to go up on their tippy toes. And they'll say, absolutely not. You know, it's just the muscle won't even work. Now, the way that a doctor or a health practitioner should diagnose this is a test called the Thompson test. So they can feel it and they can see. Um, but what they'll typically do is have you roll over on your belly uh, if you're on a bed or if you're sitting in a chair, they'll have you get up on your knees facing away from the doctor. And then what we actually do is squeeze your calf. Now, typically, if you squeeze your calf and you're laying on your belly um, and your foot's up in the air because your knee's bent, what will actually happen is your foot will plantar flex, meaning the toes will push to the floor like you're pushing on a gas pedal because you're squeezing the muscle and that constricts or pulls that tendon up a little bit and your toes will point down. So in the normal foot, that happens. In a foot where the Achilles tendon has been ruptured, you squeeze the calf and the foot does not move at all. That is the clinical test to diagnose an Achilles tendon rupture. It's really important to understand that you do not need an MRI. Um, And there's actually a lot of data and literature to support this because what it's been shown is that the MRI wastes money um, because the diagnosis is clinical. But more importantly, it delays time to care because typically a patient will see someone in the ER, their primary. They're not 100% sure what's going on, so they order an MRI. Now, by the time the MRI gets approved by your insurance, you get the MRI. The MRI gets read by the radiologist. The radiology report gets sent back to the doctor. They go, oh, you have an Achilles tendon rupture, refer you to orthopedics. Now you've had this delay in care. And the further out you get from the time of the injury, typically the larger the gap gets. And then you've delayed the the onset to treatment. Um, So it's really, really important to get in to see someone that can diagnose this clinically from the get-go. You know, when I hear about people sitting over the side of the bed with their foot pointed down, doctor asks them to lift their foot up and push it down. Well, you lifted it up. You didn't push it down. Gravity pulled it back down. So that doesn't mean the Achilles is working. Um, and I've occasionally, luckily only on a rare occasion, I've seen people where even on the MRI, by the time they got it done, there was blood. The radiologist read it as possibly a partial tear, um, possibly complete. Person gets sent to physical therapy. Now I see them six months out. So now they have what we call a chronic Achilles tendon rupture, a neglected Achilles tendon rupture. And to repair these, you almost always need a larger, more invasive surgery with tendon grafts. um, And the outcome may not be as good. So it's really important to get these treated appropriately right away. Now, how do you treat it? So they don't all need surgery. And this is what's interesting is that a lot of studies have started to come out and show that when you compare surgical treatment to non-surgical treatment, the outcomes are very, very similar in older patients. So 
or we say older. Well, it depends on the study you read, but most people like over 40s and above. Um, if you have a younger, you know, 20-year-old, 30-year-old, aggressive, active athlete, the recommendation is still to fix it. Um, but for people, when you start to hit over 40, over 50, definitely over 60, there's a lot of data that shows that treating these people conservatively or without surgery, the outcomes are similar. So it's really important to understand, like, well, what are the main differences? Well, if you fix it, there is always a risk that it can re-rupture. But if you treat it without surgery and treat it conservatively, there's also a risk of re-rupture. It's just a little bit higher. Now, if you treat it with surgery, there's a risk of infection because you're making an incision, you're making a wound. Obviously, without surgery, treating it conservatively, there's no risk of infection. And then when you look at strength, there are some increased strength that you may see with repairing it surgically compared to not repairing it. But for most people, unless you're a high-end professional athlete, you probably are never going to notice those subtle differences in strength or power compared to before you ruptured that Achilles tendon. And those become basically the three main things I talk to people about. You know, as far as the return to sports and return to activity, you might be able to start walking on it, doing physical therapy a little sooner um, with repairing it. But a lot of the newer, what we call functional uh, therapy and, and functional treatment following an Achilles tendon rupture, even if you treat it without surgery, still progress pretty quickly. So there's not a huge difference um, in how quickly you may recover. Um, but returning to sport for a lot of people can sometimes be six to nine months. And you have to understand that even if you're a professional athlete, the tendon still has to heal. So whether or not you repair it or treat it conservatively, there's still going to be a delay to return to full function. And a lot of that will depend on you and your age and your pre-injury status and how well the repair is. So your surgeon will help you walk you through that. Now, when we repair it, because a lot of people have questions, there's a bunch of different ways that you can do that, and your surgeon will talk to you about it. There are some percutaneous techniques where you're making little poke holes, and they have their pros and cons. Most people will still do it through a small um, open incision that allows you to see the tendon, and what we have to try to do is basically grab tendon part A and tendon part B and tie that together in some form or fashion to reconstruct the actual tendon unit. Now, obviously, if you're treating it without surgery or conservatively, you're not doing that. So what we do is treat those in a cast or some type of functional brace initially with the foot pointed down because when you point it down, you're bringing the two ends closest together and allowing it to heal and then slowly starting to bring that foot up over the ensuing weeks and months and allowing that repair to slowly stretch back out. Now, one other caveat that I want to bring up because occasionally we'll get people that are sent in for an Achilles tendon rupture, but it's actually not the Achilles. So higher up in your calf, there's a small muscle and it has a small little tendon called the plantaris. And the plantaris is pretty much um, almost like a third of a piece of Wrigley's Spear and McGum. It's a really, really tall tendon unit. And typically what people say is they'll, they'll feel like they got kicked or shot with a BB gun is a common complaint that you'll hear, but higher up in the calf muscle, not down actually where the Achilles tendon unit is. So when you feel the Achilles, it feels fine and they can move it normally and they have good strength. It's the calf muscle area that's swollen, sore, and tender and they'll have some bleeding in the area. Now, luckily, this doesn't have to be repaired, and usually just treating it conservatively, it will heal, um, and the symptoms will go away and you return to full function. Um, but it is one of those things that can commonly get mistaken 
as an Achilles tendon injury or Achilles tendon rupture because it has a similar location, you know, the back part of the leg, similar kind of presentation of pain, pop, swelling, inability to sort of walk on it in those first couple days, but the Achilles itself is normal. So again, Achilles tendonitis is an acute sort of weekend warrior, week or two of change in activity, pain tenderness of the tendon unit treated with rest, ice, stretching, anti-inflammatories, occasionally immobilization. And then you have Achilles tendinosis, which is the person that's had that multiple times, and now they have a visible or palpable nodule. And that can be a slow chronic condition, or they can have these acute flare-ups that, again, are treated the same way. And occasionally, as a last-ditch effort, if they fail all those conservative things, we can open it up, debride it, and treat that surgically. And then lastly, you have the Achilles tendon rupture, which is an actual complete rupture of the tendon unit, making the foot weak and you have the inability to push off. Usually you'll palpate or feel a defect. And depending on the person and their age and their comorbidities, we might treat these surgically or if someone's older or lower demand, or especially if the risk of infection or complications higher, such as a diabetic or a smoker, we may treat those conservatively. So I hope that sort of answers some of the questions that you may have about the Achilles. Seeing people for the knee, occasionally I will get the patient the, the questions more commonly about the chronic tendinosis, um, but also treating people's lower extremity injuries. I also see a lot of Achilles tendon ruptures, and this way it should at least give you some idea and understanding of what happens when you have pain in that area of the heel. Obviously, if you have acute issues or traumatic issue, you need to seek out a full evaluation by your healthcare provider because only they, by talking to you and examining you, can make a good diagnosis and render the appropriate treatment. So thanks again for listening. I'm Adam Rosen. You've been listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. Until next time, stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. I'm your host, Adam Rosen, and until next time, stay safe.